T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Welcome back to the WFT Declassified Podcast. This is your official home for all things Washington Commanders. Stay locked in. Get locked in. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube right now. It's right there. Hit subscribe. Click notifications. It's a little bell icon. Make sure you're plugged in because like we always say, it's only going to get better from here. If you are listening to us on the audio platforms, any one of them, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever your flavor. We appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you've left a review. And make sure you told somebody about us. We appreciate you. Brian, guess what? Football season is in the air. Can you smell it, man? Absolutely. Guys are out on the field getting ready for the season. I can't wait, man. Yeah. Hopefully, Eric will be able to join us in a little while. He is checking out the new location for the Commanders in Northern Virginia, um, and he's, he's on his way back. That, he's leading that advanced scout team there, uh, looking for uh, property. So he's doing uh, he's doing uh, some good work. Yeah, either that or he's fronting the hundred million they put on the land, one or the other. But uh, shout out to Eric. So look, the grass is cut, the 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 field is getting ready, the players are on the field in practice jerseys, OTAs are here. On a scale of one to ten, right? How excited do you get for the OTAs starting? I get pretty excited. Uh, so I'm probably about I'm about a seven. I'm about a seven. I, I, if if guys are out on the football field, I'm going to be excited. I love football, and I love to see, especially when we've got new, new players, and we get to see some of these rookies for the first time in live action just to see what they look like. We, we know it doesn't mean too much, but uh, it's your first uh, time seeing them in a commander's uniform. Very excited. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. Like This whole preseason, including the offseason OTAs, uh, training camp, some of that, it's it's – some of my favorite time with the football season. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit of uh, being burned, you know, with so many bad seasons during the actual regular season that this is a time to start over new. Everything's new. It's exciting. Like you said, there's new rookies, everything, everybody's zero, zero. Uh, you never know what can happen, right? So everything is still possible. Everything in the Super Bowl is still possible at this point. So um, that's it. Definitely some of my favorite time of the year. Um, anyway. I'm not going to wax poetic anymore about the OTA aspect of it, but there are some big things that are going on at the OTAs that I want to get your thoughts about. And let's start with the Terry situation, because I think this is on everybody's mind right now. What's going on with Terry? I think it's expected that he's not going to be there, but you know, Terry's such a good guy that we always think he's just going to do what's the right thing in our mind and just show up and play for free. But this is a business that's not going to happen. How big of a deal is it that, Number one, he's not at OTAs, but number two, it came out today that Jahan Dotson has not heard from him. So, Brian, tell me, for both of those things, how big of a deal is it? So, is it uh, is it a big deal uh, for me? 
no, not yet at this time. Uh, but it is uh, it does make me raise an eyebrow. Like I, I am kind of looking at this one a little bit sideways here. Um, you know, we heard the report um, early last week. Uh, I believe that uh, the commanders have been earmarking funds for this Terry extension, right? That they've been planning, which they they don't seem to do a lot of planning in most areas. So the fact that they've been planning uh, for Terry's extension is a good sign. But still. We've known about this for so long. We know when his contract was coming to an end. Why are we waiting? We waited so long to get Jonathan Allen's deal done last uh, year. It actually came with the end of June, I believe, like the 27th or 24th of June. And Jonathan Allen actually had to call Ron Rivera and say, hey, what's going on? Can we get this deal done? And the deal got done. J.D. McKissick, we didn't even offer him. Uh, and then he decides to go to Buffalo, and he's on the plane, and here we come running down the uh, the runway to try to get him to stay. Um, so it, it is a little bit concerning, but I'm not concerned yet. We do have more time before training camp. We do have uh, a couple of more weeks uh, before I think we get into that, you know, DEFCON 5 and that we really need to start worrying. So uh, not that concerned, but it does kind of make me raise an eyebrow to say, like, hmm, hopefully this doesn't get worse. Yeah, you know what? You know what, Brian? I'm not concerned for Terry's sake, right? Like, I truly believe that this organization knows they need to do the right thing and get a deal done. That The contract parameters for this, I think, should be a lot easier than it used to be because really what happens is guys get slotted, right? You have your top paid receivers. Some guys set the market. I don't think anyone thinks that Terry's going to set the market at the receiver price, but you did just have a, a comparative deal done with A.J. Uh, Brown. Right. People put Terry and AJ Brown in the same category. Right. So you have the framework to work from in terms of a contract. I would love to see it get done. I'm not that concerned about it. What I am a little nervous about is that Carson Wentz is here now. He's here and he's throwing, but he's not throwing to Terry. Right. And I would love to see Terry and Carson forming chemistry and rhythm together in a practice scenario. We're missing out on that. I understand the business aspect of it, but. You know, every rep that those two can get together, I think, is only going to make us better. So I would love to see those two uh, being able to work out together right now. But I do understand. Um, as for the Jahan Dotson aspect of it, are you surprised that Jahan Dotson has not heard from Terry thus far? Yeah, I am a little surprised. Everything that we've seen from Terry these past three, four years, whatever it's been, um, he's been a stand-up dude, no matter what. Even when, you know, we've had some really awful seasons, some really bad quarterback play, Terry's never said a crossword about anybody. Even when the defense has been miserable, he's never said anything. Or, you know, no matter what kind of controversy is happening, either on the football team or outside of the football team, he's never said anything. So the fact that he didn't reach out, you know, maybe even a text message just to say, hey, welcome to the team. You know, we'll get together in a few weeks or something when this uh, contract thing's over. No, nothing like that. That is a little odd, but to me it almost feels like that's coming from an agent because I think we've gotten to know Terry pretty well through his uh, uh, interviews, through him speaking. He seems to be a really stand-up guy. So that kind of feels like that's something coming from an agent saying, hey, you've got to cut off all communications until we get this deal done. You know, no, no phone calls, no text messages, no interviews, um, no showing up at practice, all those types of things. So it does seem a little out of character and I wouldn't be surprised if that's coming from an agent telling him, Hey, you know, we want to, we want to put the full court press on to get this deal done. Yeah. Likewise. I'm, I'm not offended by it. And I don't think Dotson should be either. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's a business. It is a little surprising. You spoke of the character and the high character of, 
Terry McLaurin. So it's only surprising in the sense that we hold him in such a high regard. Yeah. It's, it's a typical tactic when it comes to negotiations. At least we haven't yet got to the point where Terry is wiping his social media yeah. of any commanders. No, please you know, don't. There'll be protests and riots if that happens. If Terry scrubs his social media, there's going to be a lot of upset people. So hopefully we don't get there. Yeah, yeah. We're not there yet. And we don't. I don't believe that we'll get there. By the way, I find that to be such a stupid tactic. What does it really gain by you cleansing your social media of your current exactly. game? It, it, come on. It, it, <laughs> and then when you get the contract, all of a sudden everything magically repopulates back. Right. Right. Come on, what, what what was that going to do? Who, <laughs> whose feelings got hurt because you scrubbed a picture of yourself with a jersey on? Give me a break. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, look, Deron Payne walked off the field today at practice. He's upset about his deal, mm-hmm. um, and clearly he wants to he he wants his money. And I don't blame him. Right, football's a violent game. You only get so many paydays in your lifetime. That's it. Um, do you? Let's just stick with big deal or not a big deal for Deron Payne walking off of practice. What do you think, man? It is a little bit of a big deal, and it's a big deal because kind of everything that we've seen so far, you know, up until this point, you know, we, you know, we even read, um, you know, some of the reporting that the, you know, commanders weren't going to extend Deron Payne, and even at that particular time. You know, nothing really happened. Teron didn't, uh, um, you know, make any kind of comments. So everything kind of seemed uh, like, hey, maybe Duran, you know, wants to get to free agency and that he'll play this year out and uh, head on his way. Very similar to like a Brandon Sheriff where, um, you know, he's just focusing on moving on. Um, so, you know, for him to walk off today, you know, because of the contract, one tells me he actually wants to stay here, which, you know, we had the the fight with him and Jonathan Allen um, at the end of last season. And um, I believe you just mentioned it. He scrubbed his social media after that fight. I think uh, his Instagram, he removed uh, some of um, uh, some of the team, um, you know, pictures uh, from his Instagram, I think was reported after that fight. So, um, yeah, it is a little concerning. Uh, and especially, too, if you're in an organization, uh, there comes a point in any negotiation where, you know, the player does not want to sign long term and he wants to get to free agency, at that point, they, uh, the organization has to say, are we going to keep him around for this last year where he may be a malcontent, where he may not give his full effort, or do we try to trade him and move on um, You know, from, uh, from the player, from this situation? And or uh, when the team may say, you know what? The juice isn't worth the squeeze. We're not going to extend you. So, you know, let's let's find you another home that, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe a better fit and maybe they want to extend you. Um, but to leave this kind of hanging, just to think that, uh, you know, people are going to be OK with this situation kind of left hanging open, I, I think is uh, not a good move on the team's part. And uh, it's a little surprising that, uh, again, that this is happening. So, yeah, this is definitely a surprise that uh, he wants the long term deal from us. I You know, I thought he would. Uh, want to move on and, you know, not have to be the little brother to uh, Jonathan Allen and be kind of the, the man, so to speak on a defensive line somewhere else. So a little, little bit shocking. So this may be something, uh, you know, uh, to see here in case if we don't start playing uh, well, uh, you know, will there be a flare up with uh, him and maybe another player or anything like that? You know, I, I understand Deron Payne's case and I'm a huge Deron Payne supporter I think he brings a lot to this team and a lot to the defensive line. I love his attitude. Um, but I think Duran is on a char- self-character or self-inflicted character assassination campaign over the last year or so. 
that's not helping his case, especially with fans in D.C., right? Yeah. The, the John Allen fight. No, I didn't hear anybody walking away from that situation saying, oh, that's John Allen's fault. I think I might have said that, and I think <laughs> I was the only one, right? Yeah. Um, right? Where I said Allen should have handled it better himself because he's the leader, but that was not a good look for Deron Payne, right? Yeah. Um, especially in a situation where you know there's going to be a need for a contract in the very near future. And then the, right after that situation, and of course, that was against the Cowboys, was it not? Like our division rivals? Yeah. We were, were getting club, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. bad. And then he yeah. goes and deletes all the stuff off of his Instagram or his social media. Oh, and but then, it got worse. His uh, his father then made comments about the situation between him and Payne. So then when you have family members piling in yeah. on it, too, it yeah. just it gets worse from there. Exactly. And, and what happens is fans don't take your side in those situations, especially if you're the one who's coming across as throwing a tantrum. I'm not saying that's what Payne is doing because I don't know the inner workings of that situation, but that's how it comes across. And then you come into this year and listen, if there's one thing in sports that you don't do, and, and if you played sports before, and a lot of people that listen to this podcast have in some form or fashion, but there's one thing in sports you never, ever, ever do, and that's quit on your team, right? And when you're walking off from practice in the middle of practice, that's how it's going to be perceived. Maybe your teammates in the locker room understand, but the fans don't. That's right. They don't. They view that as you are quitting on this team and your brothers and the huddle and this organization. It is very difficult to come back from that. And also, Brian, look – they're not hammering out a Deron Payne contract tonight. And if they don't have a, a, a Terry McLaurin contract, it ain't going to be a Deron Payne contract until that gets done, if there That's is right. one. So That's when right. does he come back to practice, right? Because if you walked off practice today and you're back at practice tomorrow, <laughs> bro, that's so weak. That's yeah, not exactly. going to happen. You understand exactly. what I mean? So, like, to me, he's effectively out for the rest of the, the offseason, right, until at least Terry's deal is done, right? And I wonder, too, if if the team may have seen some of this coming and if that may have pushed their desire to get that defensive tackle. Because we all thought, OK, yeah, should we draft a defensive tackle? Sure. Should it be the second round pick, though? You know, I think that was probably the big thing. If 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 we would have drafted Fidarian in the fifth round, I don't think too many people would have been upset. But we got him in the second round. So I wonder if the team may have gotten or may have, uh, you know, known some of this um, irritation was coming or was going to come from pain and said, we've got to figure out a way to 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 kind of stem this a little bit. And let's let's go get that replacement now. So that makes me you know, it makes me kind of, you know, rethink the the Fidarian Mathis uh, pick uh, now with this, because he's, you know, just like you said, you know, Deron Payne's kind of put himself into this position now where he's he's got to like now sit out because you know, he if he comes back. No one's going to take him serious that uh, he was really, you know, uh, upset about a uh, contract. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on Mathis to uh, to be that number two uh, defensive tackle right off, uh, you know, right from the jump. Um, so yeah. uh, and also, too, I wonder, like these these guys, these players, man, they must be getting some bad information or bad advice from these agents to tell them. Hey, why don't you walk off in the middle of practice or right after practice? Just don't yeah. show up. Just don't come yeah. to practice. Like, why would you walk off in the middle of it or the, you know, scrub your social media or 
hey, let's let's have some family members chime in about this as well, too. Like, um, I just I feel bad for some of them because I think they just get such awful advice. Just just like you said, like go the practice thing is a, a, a prime example. Like if you if you if the fans don't like it, it's it's going to make your case that much worse. You know, you know how I love to compare how the NFL is transitioning really into an NBA model. Right. And this is a very NBA thing to do. Right. Where like James Harden won't dress. Ben Simmons, for God's sakes. Right. <laughs> refuses to play. It's yep. that kind of situation where, look, did, did that situation help Ben Simmons uh, develop relationships with any of his teammates? Absolutely not. It essentially destroyed every te- every relationship he had with yep. his teammates by not playing. It is it is a very serious thing to walk off in the middle of practice um or a game right especially in the game but you know we're talking about practice right um on on your on your teammates because they're out there sweating busting their butt and you're like i'm out of here it's just he's gonna have a lot he in my opinion he probably already had a lot of work to do to win back the locker room and now if he does stay he is just creating a laundry list of things that he's gonna have to do to get back in the good graces of that locker room like he's really really making it tough on himself yeah Look and, and and what do you do, um, you know when you when you quit, right? You give your backup the second round pick, presumably yeah. more reps to show what he can do. Exactly. Right? So e- even if you did try to come back, it may be too late. They may have just moved on and said, okay, well you're going to be the backup now, or you're going to be the third string guy, um, because Fidarian has uh, has uh, you know in that amount of time, like Fidarian, uh, you know, uh, you know people say not a whole lot of upside. But he's ready to play now. So Duran better be careful because Fidarian can literally come in and you know play from day one and may play well. Um, you know, we hope, anyways. But uh, he's not somebody who needs a a lot of time to develop. He's going to be able to play day uh, one. I mean, they literally him and Allen. They all came from the same place, right? They all have kind of you know essentially the same background, the same kind of foundation to build on. So um, you know, this is. Uh, I hope it works out for uh, Payne. You know, whatever whatever way he wants. But, uh, you know, I was just thinking about his contract, right? Like Jonathan Allen is the team captain in hit. I mean, he has put up production, you know, statistics behind that to get that contract. Yeah. Could you imagine if the team said, you know, you know what, we're going to pay you Duran, and they paid him more than Jonathan Allen. He goes back into that locker room. He's not a team captain, doesn't have the production and he's got a bigger contract than Jonathan Allen. I just feel like that would just, that would be upsetting to a lot of guys in that locker room to be like, this guy's produced. He's the leader, but you got more money, you know. So I think it's just a tough situation that they're they unneeded. They didn't need to be like this, but they've made it like this. Yeah, and I don't I don't think Payne's contract would come anywhere close to Allen's. I, I hear your point, but they're not in the same ballpark, in my opinion, in terms of compensation. At least I wouldn't think they would be. But if Payne gets cut, then you know he's not getting a good deal. At least he's going to oh, get yeah. a proven deal, Absolutely. you know, for the first, you know, so. Um, Anyway, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. So, uh, Bram Weinstein reported that Antonio Gibson at OTAs looks lean and mean. Like, he gained some weight on his lower half of his body. He's cut his body fat down um, by 4%. I think he was 18%. Nice. Uh, no, 6%. I'm sorry. I think they say he's now down to 12% or something like that. Okay. Um, so, look, this might be the first season in which Gibson is taking this thing very seriously, right? And maybe the drafting of Brian Robinson motivated him, or maybe it's just him understanding 
how good he possibly can be at the running back position and just self-motivating um, to get to that, to yeah. his peak in terms of his performance. Um, I know you're a huge Brian Robinson supporter, uh, but does this excite you to hear about Gibson and, and what he's doing and his commitment? Oh, a- absolutely. And uh, I don't have anything uh, against Gibson. You know, my mentality when it, when it comes to football is, Hey, if, 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 if I can get better production from the next guy, then so be it. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I have very little patience when it comes to, um, you know, the, the players on the team and their performance and their production, especially if you're going to be relied upon to be kind of a focal point of the run game, then you've got to produce. We can't be waiting on you. Um, but no, I don't have any um, uh, issue with uh, Antonio Gibson. And I do like the fact that uh, he's taken it serious, uh, whether whether that was because it was uh, the drafting of Brian Robinson or whether you, just like you said, he's matured to the point where he's like, you know what, this is my job. This this is my craft. I'm going to work at it. I'm going to get better at it. I'm going to figure out the fumbling problem. I'm going to, you know, kind of study these uh, these rush lanes and my uh, offensive linemen and how they uh, they block and uh, see those lanes uh, better. I'm all for it because if Gibson performs like how he can perform and should perform, then that's awesome. Then you know, I think you projected him to have 1,300 some yards, 1,400 then he should get that. Um, if not, then there is a guy who is a no-nonsense runner who will do what he's not able to do. So I think the competition is good. And if um, Gibson certainly has the tools to be, you know, um, you know, an all-pro running back, he just needs to put it together. And if if this is the start of it, let's do it. I'm all for it. Yeah, you know, we have commented, maybe not on the podcast, but just about the lack of physical conditioning that you see. You saw with Gibson in previous seasons. So – uh, you know, one of the telltale signs about how seriously athletes take their career is how they take care of their body, right? Because their body really is, um, you know, their value, you know, for lack of a better term. It's 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 what brings them the monetary gains that they get in their sport, right? Because if, you know, a running back shows up looking like me, you know, what are they going to do with them? They're going to put them on the defensive line. <laughs> so, you know, like it, it, their physical form is everything. And so, you know, to hear that Gibson, who is uber talented, um, and you know has has been productive in his time in the league, finally saying to himself and the organization, "Look, my health and nutrition is important to me. I'm going to take this more seriously." Look, that is so encouraging because yeah. look, those things make such a significant difference in terms of performance, right? Because you're talking about um, you know the most minuscule factors resulting in a tenth of a point faster in your 40 or, you know, things like that. Gibson was already fast, but you know, that makes such a huge difference on the football field that, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Gibson supporter. If you've been listening or watching for a while, you know, this just a little Um, bit, just a little bit. And, uh, you know, I keep going back to that comp of that Manny uh, Benton gave us of Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon. Look, weighing less and, and being in better shape can't help you read defenses better, but it can help you get to where you're trying to go faster. Right. It can help with durability. Right. It can, which has been an issue. Let's be clear. And now they also said that he's been walking around all off season with a weighted football to help with the fumbling situation. Okay. Um, And Bram said that the team felt like some of the fumbles were due to the injury concerns that he had last year. Now, whether or not you buy that, that's up to you. But I, I just feel like maybe in his third season, he's finally saying to himself, look, I can be great at this. I want to be great at this. 
let me show you I can be great at this. And look, if it took drafting another kid in the third round for him to get there, so be it. Yeah. So be it. Because if Gibson is, you know, a top five running back in the league, then I don't care about that pick that we spent on uh, Brian Robinson. Like Brian Robinson can ride the bench or be cut or be traded. Like if Gibson does what he's supposed to do, it, you know, the team would have no issue, you know, letting go of Brian Robinson, trading him or whatever. Um, and if that's all it took, that, that's that's excellent. But that's great that you mentioned that um, he's been working on the fumbling or he's been using a weighted football um, to, you know, as a uh, as a as a drill to you know help with that issue. Because, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, has plagued him these first two years. And, um, you know, we haven't heard a whole lot about what, you know, the remedy was, uh, you know, was going to be for that. Uh, I can I can remember you know, Tiki Barber with the Giants when he had his fumbling issue and there wasn't necessarily as much social media then, but it was always talked about. He was trying different ball positions. He was holding the ball different. He was staying late at practice. We didn't get that here with Gibson. It was just kind of like, well, it'll work itself out. You know, well, that's not that's not what happens with problems. If you don't address them, they get worse and they get bigger. Um, so that's good that he's attacking it. That's good that his nutrition uh, has changed. His body fat is down um, and that he's taking some things more seriously because Hey, like if this team wants to go where um, we all want it to go, which is deep in the playoffs, they all got to get more serious. Ron Rivera included, the players, Del Rio, Dirt, like everybody's got to get more serious about their craft and how they go about, um, you know, the game of football. So uh, I'm all for it. I love hearing that that kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, not specifically about on the field at OTAs, but Rivera did say it at OTAs. Uh, he said he's, re he's trying to recreate the Carolina Panther backfield. Uh, <laughs> oh, was D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, right? Yes, those are the two uh, guys. Tell me what kind of mental space that puts you in when you heard that quote from Rivera. So I, one of the things I, you know, kind of noticed about, you know, Rivera, you know, re really from last year is – he is a man of habit. He is a creature of habit, a creature of familiarity. And if you look at, you know, these 2020 season, 2021 season, now heading into this, his third season here, he has, you know, obviously the, all the free agents are Panthers players, right? Former Panthers players. But if you look at the way he's building this team, he's building it in the image of that 15 and one team that he had in Carolina, uh, you know, having that stout defensive line, he's trying to find this, Luke Keekley s middle linebacker that seems to be eluding him at every turn. He can't seem to get that one right. Um, he's trying to get, you know, some of these receivers, but he's really been trying um, to get, you know, a, a running game that suits him. He thought he had a Christian McCaffrey, didn't work out, or it hasn't worked out yet, I should say, because it could still happen. Um, but he's going back to this, uh, you know, D'Angelo Williams, um, Jonathan Stewart type. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, um, made me, put my attention on Brian Robinson back in February is that he, he reminded me of Jonathan Stewart and Ron's a pretty simple guy. Like if you, if you listen to him and you, you look at his actions, he'll, he'll tell you kind of what he's thinking of what he's trying to do. And he just reminded me of Jonathan Stewart. And I was like, that's what they want to do. They want to have a guy to run up the middle and then they want to have a guy who can catch the screen passes, who can take some of the tosses, who, 
who they can put in space, who they can throw some passes to and do those things. And I thought, man, that that would just make sense here. And then it it ended up happening. So, um, yeah, Ron, you know, at every turn is trying to recreate um, things that uh, are familiar, that are comfortable to him. And, and, you know, to a lot of the chagrin of uh, Washington fans, that is his time in Carolina. And he's he's doing it to the T. He's got a lot of the coaches, a lot of the front office people, and he's got a lot of the players here. Let's hope it produces similar success, uh, you know, because, yeah. look, I love the idea of being 15-1, and one, but the NFL is a completely different NFL now than it was during that 15-1 and one season, right? Absolutely. So, uh, switching gears again, Chase Young. Let's talk some Chase Young because, cool. look, people love to hate Chase Young. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, so Grant Paulson put out a tweet that I thought was uh, interesting. I will say that. I, I, I mean, when I say interesting, I, I feel like it's fanning the flames of a fire that doesn't need to be lit right now. But um, he said that Rivera told reporters on March 29th that he expected Chase Young to be at OTAs. Chase Young was not there to start OTAs today as he continues to rehab away from the team in Colorado. And, and he adds this line here. He says, perhaps he meant later in OTAs and minicamp, right? Um, listen, there's, there's, it's, it's a multi-factor thing, right? Uh, because you're looking at it through the prism of Chase Young was not at OTAs last year and, and people directly correlate some of Chase Young's struggles in terms of the sack department to him not being here. Flip the script. Now we're here this year. Chase Young is not there at the beginning of OTAs. He is rehabbing though. Um, give me your concern level one to 10 at Chase Young is not at OTAs at this point. So, uh, one to 10, my concern level uh, right now is very low. I'm at a three. Um, I'm not very worried because, uh, you know, this is a one, it's voluntary. It's, it's not mandatory that, uh, that he's there, but also a lot is, you know, drills, making sure guys are in shape, seeing what they look like, how they run, how they jump, um, you know, just kind of getting them familiar with uh, terminology. A lot of basic things are happening uh, right now. So uh, the part where, you know, they're installing the defense, installing the offense, those kinds of things are, are going to be coming up, though. They're they're coming up in a couple of weeks. But uh, for right now, I'm not that worried. Uh, and also, he's rehabbing a major injury. Get that healed first. You know, I don't, I don't need him out here trying to, uh, to show us how strong he is, or if he's got some new rip move or swim move and, uh, his legs not healed up. And then he ends up re-tearing the leg, uh, because he's out here, you know, trying to impress for the fans or for the media. So get your leg healed up first. Um, that's what I'm more concerned about. Um, you know, and I, uh, and you know, when we were going over his projections, why I was a little low on him because I think, you know, he's probably, you know, he does have uh, you know a long road to recovery and he may miss, uh, you know, some time. Um, so I, I'm not very concerned about it now. I know it's going to get played up in the media that, uh, um, you know, that, uh, that the, this is concerning or anything like that, but I'm, I'm not very concerned. And I don't think fans should be either um, because we're talking about a handful of days. If, five days or four days, whatever it may be, um, means that uh, he, you know, we're going to have a bad season then. I mean, we, we probably already lost the season then if that's the case. So uh, I'm not very worried. Yeah. You know, I get it. Wanting him to be around the team. Same thing we said about Terry, right? Building camaraderie, um, you know, playing next to the players that you're going to be fighting in the, in the trenches with and everything like that. But uh, uh, I will say, I, I will say, you know, the, the only thing that is slightly concerning is, 
right? We went through all this last offseason, right? Last yeah. offseason, he had, I think it was Family Feud, and he had some commercials that he was doing. Um, right? The season went how it did. You had your injuries. They should have, you know, discussed this beforehand and have already had a plan. And Rivera and Chase should have been on the same page. Whether or not it was that he rehabs away from the team or he comes here and rehab because I, I believe Logan Thomas, who has uh, the same injury or a similar injury, uh, was here. He was at, you know, um, OTAs and he was, um, you know, he was just rehabbing with the team standing there, but he was still here. Um, whatever Rivera and Chase, they should have had this figured out and they both should have been on the same page and Ron should have been like, oh, we, we got a plan for him. He's going to rehab uh, out in Colorado and he'll be uh, back yeah. here next week. It shouldn't be this guesswork of uh, I think he's going to come or maybe he comes next week. To me, that speaks to some type of communication issue or lack thereof or people wanting to do their own things. And I think that's that is a dangerous part right there. They should have had all that done. However, they wanted to work it out. They should have just worked it out. Yeah, the messaging, right? The messaging yeah. is off a little bit, but it yeah. doesn't mean that it's going to result in any implosions or impending doom or anything like that. Yeah. Um Chase Young's this is going to be, you know, what his third season in the NFL. So I, I think that he's kind of figured out what it takes to be a pro by now. Um, so I trust what he's going to do. Um, this is a tremendous year for Chase Young, though. I got to tell you, in terms of really well, winning people over, um, in terms of performance. Let me ask you this about Chase. And, you know, I've heard other athletes say this that it's, it's really difficult, especially for a young player who gets like an injury like Chase. Not so much the injury itself is that. When you're a young player, you're still working on your craft, right? He's not a 10-year vet where he understands all the techniques that are needed to be. It's just about keeping his body in shape. But when you're a young player, you're still trying to learn the craft. You learn different moves, learn techniques, learn, you know, which guys you can do what moves with in what situations. But he can't even do that now because a lot of his time is just rehab focused. So you're trying to juggle both of those things coming off a of rehab, off a of severe injury, uh, and maybe sometimes you know um, you know the learning of the craft stuff goes away, and you're not able to work on that skill, that pass rush course because you're just um, you know rehabbing. You think does any of that worry you as he heads into this third year, which you know you, like you just said is a, an important year for him? Yeah, it's kind of like, again, the NBA where, you know, NBA players in the offseason add a new move to their game, right? You know, it's a post-up yeah. or something. The NFL is very similar in that. Um, but I will say not really because there's still training camp. I mean, there's so much of the offseason still left, right? Um, if this was like late July, then I'm like, yo, red alert, right? Um, but we're not, we're not close to that yet. So we still have time. Um, you know, whether or not he's going to be able to participate in, the, in any kind of uh preseason activities i'm not sure but i would much rather him heal up and be healthy for the actual season or at least as much of it as possible rather than him show up in otas and, and just kind of you know go through the motions there so yeah. absolutely um so i'm gonna be out at otas uh next week hopefully if i if i can get it all worked out i will be out at otas i will get you guys some information on what's going on out there clue you guys in but Again, sticking with the, the OTA thing, Pete Haley put out a photo today of uh, AGG working with the tight ends. Looks like he's put on a little weight, right? Uh, he looks like a giant. I got to tell you, man, like, you know, he's a big guy, but he really looked like a giant in shorts and a, and a jersey today. Um, you know, are you excited for the prospect of him playing tight end? And do you think he can make any headway in the OTAs? 
and I say this not to because I have any issue uh, or I'm not hating on AGG. Um, I mean, he's he's six four. I, I think all of our tight ends are six four or taller. Um, I think Logan Thomas is six four. Bates is six six. Reyes is six five. Cole Turner is six five or six six. So they're all big guys. I think probably the lightest one out of all of them is Cole Turner. Um, so, you know, as for a wide receiver body, a lot of those guys who are wide receiver, it's hard for them to put on weight. Like they're not yeah. like, you know, I wish I knew what that problem was like, but the, those guys, <laughs> they, you know, they, they, they can eat a bag of Oreos and lose five pounds. So, you know, um, you know, the fact that he looks bigger is, uh, is good for him because he's going to have to keep that weight on all year, right. For 17 weeks. Um, so that's something he's going to have to get used to, uh, carrying that. So, I mean, I think that's a good first step, but. I mean, he wasn't a very good blocker as a wide receiver. And now, you know, blocking cornerbacks, you know, a 200 and 190 pound cornerback is one thing. Blocking a 260 pound defensive end or an outside linebacker um, who is just mean and angry and nasty is a completely different thing. I, I get it. He's he's more there for the, the you know, the receiving end of it. But, um, you know, in the in the offense that uh, we've seen so far with the tight ends, they like their guys to do both. Um, because otherwise it's just going to be a tell if Cole Turner or AGG's on the field, I know they're throwing at them. I know that the, you know, they're not going to be running the football because if they are, it'll probably be for a loss. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I hope, you know, it works for him because it, it didn't work at wide receiver. And, and, and I don't know about you. I honestly, I, I think, you know, the being a taller wide receiver in this offense kind of hurts the wide receiver. So, I mean, I, I don't know why he, you know, I guess I, he, you know, he wants to, to make the team, but, I feel like he probably could have caught on with another team as a wide receiver, as opposed to having to kind of bulk up and be a, uh, a tight end. So uh, the only other thing that I think is working against him is I think we all forgot. We don't have Pete Hainer anymore. Pete Hainer um, is an excellent tight end coach. And if you think about what he did with Reyes, which was teach somebody who has never um, you know, played football before enough to get them on a roster, I think he would have been invaluable in helping AGG make this transition from wide receiver to tight end. So I think that's a, uh, that's definitely a negative, but that's for all of them now because they all have a brand new head, uh, not head coach, tight end coach um, in Juan Castillo. So I think that's certainly a negative on that, but uh, I, I wish them luck. Yeah, I get it, man. You're a hater. You don't like AGG. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian, let's go through a list yeah. of things that the commanders need to accomplish before training camp. All right. So we're going to talk about inclusive OTAs. We're going to talk about mini camps, any of those things. Um, I'm going to let you lead off. Give me one thing that they need to accomplish ahead of training camp. Ahead of training camp, they need to find some more depth at the linebacker position. Because essentially right now, all we have is Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb. And, you know, hey, I, I, I think Cole's a solid linebacker. And I think Jamin has the potential to be an excellent linebacker. But that's it. That's all you've got. The other guys are all undrafted players, and uh, you know they, they're they're not very good quality. So we need you know probably another veteran. Will we sign one? I don't. Probably not. Um, we're probably just going to run it back with just those two linebackers. But I don't think that's going to be enough to get through an NFL season. So there, there's got to be some more depth there. That's a good one. I agree. Uh, mine is we got to get guys healthy, right? We got a lot of key contributors yeah. that are coming into the season with injuries. Uh, let's get guys healthy. I want to see Curtis Samuel um, participating in full without missing days or being on the bike or running mm -hmm. on the side field. Um, let's get Chase progressing in his rehab. Let's get Logan Thomas 
patched up and ready to go. Um, let's just get healthy so yeah. that, you know, going into training camp, we can get some competitive practices and, and really work at getting better in the dog days of summer. What do you got next, man? So my next one is find a veteran pass rusher. Uh, we need, we legitimately need a third edge rusher. So, you know, right now we've got Chase Young. He's coming off an injury. We hope that he's there week one, but we don't know. And we don't know what he'll look like week one. Um, you've got Montez Sweat, who I think missed today with a personal reason. So he should be there tomorrow is what Rivera said. So um, he should be healthy too. Um, so that's essentially one guy. Uh, and we, we saw last year, the backups aren't very good. They're not uh, capable of rushing the passer like Chase and like uh, Montez are. So we need a legitimate third edge rusher. Now we did sign another Carolina guy, F.A. Obata, um, you know, but he, he, again, he is, he is a backup player. We need somebody who can legitimately get a sack on third down. So um, I, I think I saw D Ford uh, from San Francisco as a potential to get released or traded here over the next week or so. Um, we just need somebody else who can rush the passer uh, to kind of help the the defense get to where I think they, uh, they want to go um, uh, here in this uh, 2022 season. Yeah. My next one. Let's get our second-year players in gear and going. And I'm yeah. talking about Jamin Davis. I'm talking yeah. about Sam Cosme. I'm talking about Benjamin St. Juice. I'm talking about Diami Brown. Let's keep the progression of John Bates. Let's go, Derek Forrest. Come on, Cameron Cheeseman. Let's go, William Bradley King. Let's go, Shaka Tony. Yeah. Let's go, Dax Milne. All of those guys need to show why they were drafted the prior year. And OTAs, mini camp, and uh, you know, leading the training camp is a perfect time to do it. Yeah. Let's get those guys going. What do you got, Brian? So, uh, you know, I came up with this one. It's a little funny, and it's it's for Ron Rivera and the team to sign a free agent who has not played for Carolina. It's a it's a little, it's a little funny, but it, it's 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 almost um, it's almost a uh, you know a hundred percent certainty that any free agent. Uh, I think we just signed a uh, uh, an offensive tackle like two days ago, Aaron Montero. Uh, if you check out our Commanders offseason tracker, we've got all of our offseason signings listed there. Uh, but guess what? He's a former Carolina Panther. I mean, we we've got to we've got to do something here. We've got there are other good players out there. Um, Deion Jones, a, a middle linebacker, young middle linebacker. Uh, from the Atlanta Falcons is rumored to be on the chopping block and or maybe released or traded here soon because of uh, um, salary and scheme fit reasons. You you know, I mentioned uh, D Ford edge rusher um, uh, from San Fran who's looking to uh, potentially be released as well, too. Let's get some additional help. Uh, it, there are other players who are effective who can help this football team uh, who didn't play for Carolina. So let's find somebody new. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it, 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 you know what? It's like I try not to judge, but every report that comes out, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, I know where this guy used to play. <laughs> and, and I know it's a little, it's a silly topic, but at some point, it's like, come on, man. Like, Ron, you, you've got to, you've got to look outside of the, uh, you know, the little box that you're uh, kind of uh, searching in right now, uh, because there are other good players out there, and we're missing on them if we don't consider them. Yeah, for sure um let's protect that football ag right let's let's that all that work he's been doing the off season um to become a better ball carrier right and protect the yep. football 
I want to see it when there's contact of any kind. And now in OTAs, you ain't getting down and dirty, but you know, there's going to be a little bit of trying to rip the ball away. I want to see him protect it. I want to see progression in protecting the football. Brian. So uh, my other one is, Hey, can, can we get a finalized training camp schedule itinerary? Like what's going on here? I feel like, uh, you know, the, the, it's already been reported that we're not going back to uh, Ashburn for training camp, but you know, we most, we assume that it'll be in Ashburn, but there's no schedule out like times, like days, what day is fan appreciation day? Like when, you know, are there going to be any kind of um, exciting fan events during the training camp? Like what's going on here? Like that, I feel like that should be already released. I, I know, um, you know, this team likes to do things last minute, but let, let's get some of this information out to the fans early so they can make plans, so they can show up, so we can come check out the team. Is that your last one, Brian? That's my last one. I can't believe you missed this. Let's get Terry signed. That is so huge that we got to do it. Like I felt like we had been talking about it this whole time. So yeah, I missed that. I missed that one. All right. uh, Look, so let's close on a lighter note. I was looking up something and I found the NFL mock draft database. And uh, speaking of our 2021 picks, um, here's what they graded them at the time. I'm gonna let you guess, Brian. Jamin Davis. What grade did they give Jamin Davis? Uh, Probably, uh, probably a B plus. They gave it an F. <laughs> they said it was a reach is a reach. Yeah. Uh, how about Sam Cosme? Uh, B plus. I gave it a B. I don't okay. think they do pluses. I haven't seen oh, it's just A or B. Okay. All right. St. Juice. D. Yes. Spot on. They gave it yeah. a D last year yeah. in the third round. Well, he is. They said that was a reach. Uh, Diami Brown. What grade did he get? A. Yes, NFL mock draft database gave him. It was a hot pick. People were talking about him late first round, I remember. Yes, absolutely. Uh, John Bates, what they give him? John Bates, I think they gave a B to as well. They gave it a D, actually. Oh, man. Yep. Oh. Derek Forrest. Oh, that's an F. <laughs> they gave that a C, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It must have been the other Derek Forrest. <laughs> right. Uh, Cameron Cheeseman, who we traded up for, would they give that one? That's an F. We traded up for that guy. Yeah, that is an F. William Bradley King, what do you got? The technician. Um, D. He got a B. Wow. Believe wow. it or not. Yeah. Okay. Shaka Tony. What do you get? Oh, they got a B too. They got an A for Shaka Tony. Really? A? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They, okay. they like Shaka Tony. All and right. lastly, Dax Milne. What grade did they give him? C. They gave him a B. So, Ooh. Ooh. yeah, not bad. You know, look, but the important thing is that those guys produce something, you know, on the field yeah. this year. You know, your rookie year, you get an excuse, you get a little bit of a pass because you're adjusting to a uh, a league like you've never played in before. But this year, we got to get production out of those guys, especially since we didn't go crazy in the offseason and sign a bunch of dudes, you know? Well, and I, I wonder, too, like if you think about kind of the that back half of that uh, that draft class there, a lot of those guys barely played uh, anything, like William Bradley King, Shaka Tony, Dax Milne, um, Derek Forrest. Those guys barely played at all. So I wonder if um, 
if it was just a matter of uh, we had some guys ahead of them or, you know, was it just a, uh, hey, they, they, they weren't ready yet to, uh, to get on the field because, uh, I mean, some of those guys maybe have, what, 10 snaps all year? Like uh, William Bradley King, I don't, I don't know how many games he played, like one or two. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it was not a lot. So, uh, well, you know, I should check the stats before I say that just because they don't jump off at the, on the screen and you're like, hey, I know something, you know, so I, I don't want to say that. Um, you know, it's funny. Doc Walker just messaged me and he said, uh, I, he said, you're the, you just informed me that AGG changed positions. I guess he didn't know. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, shout out to Doc Walker, by the way. Doc's uh, the man. Yeah, he is the man. All right. Um, Brian, any, uh, any other things, any final thoughts on the way out? Um, no, I, 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 I'm just kind of excited just to see what else we can see with, um, some of these rookies, how they look. And then, um, with Carson, how, how he looks I, I, I watching some of those videos today, it's very noticeable, um, that Carson, whatever, whatever you think about him, good, bad, he is a professional quarterback. He's a legitimate starter in the NFL, like size and the arm talent, like, uh, just watching him, you know, the, you know, the, the ball had a lot of velocity and zip to it. So that was nice to see. doesn't mean it'll translate to anything. Hopefully it does, but it was nice to see that we we've got somebody legitimate. Um, and we're not talking about, well, he's undrafted. He's uh, got this deficiency, that kind of thing. So that was nice. Uh, that was nice to see, uh, him out there, uh, you know, throwing the ball around. It was, it was. And, and of course the thing that you hear from the uh, local reporters is just, Number one, he's a giant. At number two, the arm is just, you know, electric in comparison to what we've had here before. So there are, you know, reasons to be excited about him being in town. And um, look, what I'm going to say is there's a lot of storylines, if you can't tell, that what we covered on here, um, but not all of them are big storylines. You're going to hear a lot about it on social media. You're going to hear a lot about it on TV and other places. But, you know, remain calm, right? It's early. It's early. There's time. We can build on these things. Situations can improve. Let's stay locked in, Commanders, and uh, we will catch you next time. Oh, we got one thing. The um, We've got a whole bunch of blogs of uh, pieces that we've put up on our website. We've got a Fidarian Mathis blog. We've got a blog about the potential uh, to acquire 200 acres of land by the Commanders. We've got uh, a blog up there about Dan Snyder with owners. Are they counting votes? Are they not counting votes? Uh, we, we've got all kinds of things uh, up there. We've got stuff about Jahan Dotson uh, uh, on there. AGG, the move to tight end. We've got a piece up there. So go check out our website. Uh, it's WFTDeclassified.com. We've got all kinds of great things up there. We've also got interviews uh, that we've done previously. We've got some new ones that are in the works that are coming up that you guys will love. Um, so please check that out. You can also subscribe to the website. That way, when we drop a new piece, you guys are the first to know. But that's it. That's all I had. Absolutely. I completely agree. Go to WFTDclassified.com. Check it every day. Bookmark it. If you don't want to subscribe, just bookmark it because we're putting out stuff constantly. Um, man, we dropped so much stuff, as Brian said, this week. And uh, we appreciate all the people uh, watching, not watch, excuse me, reading our content this week. It's been insane how many people have gone out and uh, consumed our stuff. So look, uh, peace and blessings to everybody. We will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you.